Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, wonderful, amazing episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm joined by Dr. Jerry Kennedy from Rocket Cairo today. Jerry, how are you? Great. This is the best day of my life so far. Great. You know what? It's the oldest you've ever been in life and the most experienced. So it's, that's Yes, I'm actually older. Together today. I'm older than I was when you and I first started talking. Yeah, months ago. that's right. Well, I would say more experienced. Wiser, you know? Yes. Yeah, you've learned a lot in the last three and a half minutes, so. Yes, I have. Just I'm gifted. I'm blessed by your presence alone. <laughs> well, I don't know about It's me. You might be learning you don't want to talk to me, but uh, let's hope you do. Uh, so Jerry's calling us all the way from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, and, uh, and we are going to talk all about today about uh, chiropractors and some foundational, fundamental things that... Uh, that they may be doing wrong or that can build their practice. But let's go back because we always want to know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. So uh, there you are, not today, but a younger version of yourself. You graduated chiropractic college and then what? Oh my gosh, dude. I, I was, uh, I was, I had just turned 24 years old when I graduated chiropractic college. I was wet behind the ears. I was going to take the world on. It was going to be awesome. And uh, I started my own practice, like right out of school. Like I, it took me a few months to, I did some of the build out and, you know, just bank loans and all those stuff took some time, but uh, started practice right out of school and mm-hmm. um, life punched me in the face. So that was fun. As it, as it does when you start a practice. Yeah. Punched me in the face, held me down, <laughs> tried to kill me. <laughs> And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of mistakes later, and you kind of start figuring out. And thankfully, I was lucky enough to figure it out before I ran out of time and money, and mm-hmm. uh, grew a little practice. And I and I never I never really get too much into like numbers and stats and things of that nature because I always think that stuff out of context. Like sometimes people ask me like, "What's the um, you know how big, how big is your practice?" You know, and and I find that a lot of chiropractors lie. First of all, about that, and second of all. They're only exceeded by internet marketers in the description of their numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, it just but ultimately like numbers outside of the context of your practice, your your lifestyle, your overhead, like all of that stuff matters when it comes to numbers, but you know the practice was was good and it was growing and and uh, about 9 is right at the 9 year mark I kind of wrapped it up and and closed my practice, kind of moved on to some other things. Nice. And so, uh, so folks can find you, uh, doing those other things because you're helping some other chiropractors with, uh, just the thoughts of how to run your practice smoother and, and more frictionless. Is that right? Yeah, I had, I had, uh, I didn't have the intention of doing that. Like really, if you would have asked me when I closed my practice, like what, like, you know, how do you feel about being a coach to chiropractors or a mentor or whatever you want to call it? I would have told you absolutely not. In fact, I actually did tell my mentor who insisted that I do that, absolutely not. And I was off kind of doing other things, internet marketing related stuff and some online business stuff. And um, I found myself 
a couple of years after and being in practice, having like really in-depth, uh, passionate conversations with people that don't give a crap about chiropractic, about chiropractic. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. well, if I really do care that much, I probably should throw my hat back in the ring and on some level, try to help. And, and I, when we talk about avatars and marketing, I always say I'm trying to go back in time and help 24 year old Jerry. Yeah. And so when I create content products, when I create info and different things, I'm always thinking, what, where was I at, at 24, 25, 26, and what did I need? And, and so that, that's kind of, I'm kind of my own avatar. Um, but, uh, I, I ended up back in the chiropractic world kind of kicking and screaming. I, I didn't really, didn't really want to, like some people really want to be like a chiropractic coach. Like they're almost like trying to be a chiropractic coach before they even get out of school. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I'm like, no, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though. I, I, um, have a similar experience that, uh, you know, I, I sold my practice a few years back. And when I, um, for the two years after I was helping out with some bigger projects and whatnot. And the thing that really struck me in those two years were like lessons I learned outside of chiropractic that I'm like, yeah. why the hell don't we cover this in chiropractic? Like what, what is the deal here? And yeah. I was at a mastermind one time and it was almost all internet marketers selling like in, information products essentially yeah. and services. And one of them made the comment like, oh man, I will tell you this. The reason you have live events is you want to meet every one of your members. And they said like, if they had divided their database up into people they had met at like a live event, you know, conference or whatever. And then people who paid them just off their website and whatnot. And he said, our LTV, lifetime value of that customer, if you met him in person, was uh, like three times higher. And he's like, yeah. you know, and I remember which ones I actually uh, shook hands with and met at the bar. And it was like five or six times higher. And I remember looking at him going, oh my God, in chiropractic, we meet every one of our clients. We physically touch them, yeah. right? Like, like you think a handshake's great. Try adjusting their lower back and getting them into rehab positions and, you know, having your hands yeah. on somebody, examining them. And I'm like, why don't we maximize this? And then why don't we look at the power of that when we go to communicate with them? Because if you look at internet marketers, they have no relationship with the person. Yeah. So they have to make up for that by just blasting emails and messages and Facebook things and all this, which, which works to build the relationship. If we instead start out with this amazing, deep, intimate relationship of, hey, you're going to tell me all your problems and aches and pains, and I'm going to physically put my hands on you, if we continued the communication after that, we could, it's like we, we basically dilute our effectiveness by half because we don't do those things, you know? One, one of the things that I'm constantly stressing to chiropractors, and this, this does get me into a little bit of trouble, is because I, the one is kind of self-evident is that chiropractic is incredible incredibly relational by nature, which you already kind of touched on. Like you, you can't get around it. It is one of the most intimate relational businesses that exist in the world. And so there's that, but let's talk about what that practically means from a standpoint of marketing and running a business. And this is why I'm always the one that's beating the drum of you have to be incredibly careful how you go about doing sales in a, in a high relational, high touch business. And, and the thing that I draw a parallel to is a, and, and some people, they, they have this like ABC, like always be closing and, and like 
close people, close people, close people, sell them, sell them, sell them. And I always say like, nobody refers their grandmother to the chiropractor hoping that he closes her. Like that's not how people think about a service industry. And a parallel I would say is like, if you look at a church, for instance, like, like because of how a church presents themselves, they have to be very conscious about how things are perceived, um, how things come across. And, and when you find out that there's like a scandal in a church, it's just like, oh, it's so much worse because of where it's at. And I think chiropractic, although it's not like a spiritual thing or anything like that, but because of the fact you're looking someone in the eye, you're touching them with your hands, you're because of that transfer and that energy or that, that um, relationship that's there, you are in a situation where if you are closing people, if you are making the sale and making this thing, the most important thing that you're doing, like getting their money, extracting money from them is the most important thing. And they find out it's so much worse than if you're just selling them a used car. Cause they kind of expect that from a used car salesmen. They don't expect it from their doctors. And so it's, I think chiropractors need to be conscious of that when they're, when they're functioning within the context of their business to be relational in their marketing, not just because you're forced in a relational business. You need to make sure your marketing and your messaging and how you practically go about that aligns in the same way. Otherwise you're going to sabotage yourself at some point. Right. I, I think you bring up a lot of points because you have to balance. I, I believe one thing that's not discussed enough in chiropractic is you have to find a way to make this thing work as a business, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so like when you hear, you know, coming out of school, I, don't, I remember we had half hour visits, right? Two an hour. Yeah. And you realize like, good luck with that. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I don't care. The, the, the math and the physics will overwhelm you and you cannot deny the universe that that business model is, unless you're going to charge like, you know, 200 bucks a session for a half an hour and yeah. you're making if you, if 400 you an hour, that's fine. Yeah. You can get away with that. Do it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so you learn that and, but then yes, you're right. You do have to maintain that relationship. If you're going to maintain that, I don't know what you want to call it. Relational authority as well, because that's one thing we have is like, Hey, when I recommend something as a doctor, as a patient, you believe me. Now, if I recommend snake oil, they're going to believe me. But as soon as they figure that out, which is the same thing. I mean, one of the reasons that I think fitness is such a great upsell for chiropractors is that uh, not all chiropractors like this, but I've had many patients tell me that when they get closed on like a significantly high number care plan and they, that transforms into them feeling like a bag of money that the person is just grabbing from, Mm -hmm. they realize the gig is up and now there's no health care there. There's something else. There's a business, but there's not healthcare. Like, and and uh, and as soon as I see that, it's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Whereas I'm selling him into fitness, and I'm not trying to make this all about me. I'll just talk about me for another 25, 30 minutes. But uh, <laughs> but it, if you upsell him to fitness, it's like, okay, we're gonna keep you coming in month after month, but for this different service that's a higher level thing, and we'll fix you when you need it. Yeah. You know, and that seems to preserve that relationship that you're talking about. Um, now I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but I think it's important to, to talk about sales and maintaining that relationship. But what are some kind of fundamental things you think that a lot of chiropractors overlook there? Well, I think the, one of the first things you already touched on is that they just don't, they need to understand that they are running a business. It's, it's, I, 
I, most chiropractors get into chiropractic because they care about people. And, and there's something about like that route, that realization that they're, they're running a business that doesn't set well with them. And there, there's always the extremes. There's the people that are just like right out of the gate. They're salespeople that happen to get into chiropractic and they're like, oh, I, I sold cars. I sold washing machines, timeshares. I'll sell chiropractic and they don't care. But I don't think that's most chiropractors. I think most chiropractors kind of go into the profession for some sort of heart reason. And, and then they find out, wait, I have to run a business. And I think there's a lot of resistance to that. And, and one of the initial kind of foundational mindset things that I'm always trying to get chiropractors to understand is that your ability to make the impact in your community that you want, your ability to make the impact uh, to help the number of people, all the things that, that your heart wants to do within the profession is going to be uh, dependent upon your ability to run a small business. And you do not have to be an entrepreneur. I freaking hate the word entrepreneur because like there's all these, it's, it's way overused. It's thrown around all the time. And we're talking like, like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. The vast majority of small business owners are not entrepreneurs. They don't fall into that category. They have no desire to be an entrepreneur. They are not entrepreneurial just because they're trying to run a mom and pop shop. That, that is, they're not entrepreneurs. They are people trying to make a basic living running a small business. That's not the same thing. So you kind of have to get your head away from like the Gary V and everything else and be like, listen, stop it. Like you don't have to be that guy. And you're probably better off not being that guy if all you want to do is run a successful chiropractic practice. Yeah. I've heard you, Gary V brag about uh, the fact that he worked till, I can't remember, it was 1130 at night or 130 in the morning the night yeah. before Thanksgiving or the, you know, Christmas Eve or something. And, and I, I remember thinking like, I know a total of, let me think, zero people who look at that as quote unquote success. And I don't care how much money you stuffed into yeah. their bank account. If you're like, hey, if you stuck around work from 1130 to midnight at your clinic tonight, you're going to make an extra whatever. People are like, eh, eh. It, I, it's I love just, the money, but it's not worth the, the stress. I actually signed up with a chiropractic coach. Um, when I was in practice that he had made a reference like that before I signed up and I heard him, but I didn't listen <laughs> where he was like, Oh, he works X. I don't remember how many hours he said per week. And he didn't imagine that, that our life was going to be any different. Like he was just, he was successful because he's a workaholic and now his family didn't like him. And you know, his kids didn't know who he was. And you well, know, his second a whole and third of, wife were pretty happy at the divorce, yeah. you know, like they're, yeah. I wouldn't say they're unhappy. Yeah, they just, yeah, they're happy for the house she bought them, but it's it's it was just kind of a and I I actually signed up with him and I took his advice and it actually helped me grow grow my practice, but it just de devastated my my personal life. Like it was just it was a bad choice, and so. But I, I think that, so kind of back to the original thought is that like the, what chiropractors need to understand and they need to really embrace is that you are a small business owner, and if if you commit to being really competent at being a small business owner, now you have, that's where your de-stressing is going to come from. Uh, if you are, because even if you're making a bunch of money, let, let's say you accidentally fall into a situation where you're, you're, I don't know, you're in the right environment, there's no chiropractors around you, something. Like you just, you just fall off the, the truck into an environment where now you're making some money as a chiropractor, but you still don't have a small business competence. The problem is going to be the stress is still going to be there. You're, you, there's this constant weight of doing something that you don't know how to do, like being in over your head, 
being in over your head sucks. It doesn't matter if you're making a bunch of money in your over your head. It doesn't matter if you're making no money in your over your head. There is a stress and weight that comes with being in over your head. So embracing that you're, you are going to be a small business owner and committing to the fact that you're going to develop a level of competence, that's where that de-stressing happens. So when you make money, you can actually enjoy it. Because even if you, like I said, you make money and you don't embrace that, and it doesn't matter if you have a single, you're doing a practice by yourself, you got a bunch of docs underneath of you, you have a gym, you don't have a gym, it doesn't matter. Whatever the model is, you have to commit to being competent in that, where you know what you're doing, you understand your business, you understand your marketing. Now you have the opportunity to enjoy what you're actually doing, as opposed to just being freaking under stress all the time, because you know, it's, it's a house of cards, man. It's going to fall down. Like you don't know what you're doing. It's stressful. Yeah. I don't know if you, do you know who Dave Ramsey is? He's like a financial yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I did that program when we were like three years outside, out of chiropractic college. We graduated. And, and for those who don't know, it basically helps you kind of get your financial life in order. It'd be a good way to say it. And one of the things is you just start paying off a bunch of little bills, like your stupid, you know, $512 credit card and your stupid $373 credit card and the amount you owe the department store, jewelry store, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny talking about, you know, when you do that, I, I remember my wife and I eliminated something like, I can't, I can't remember the number, like 12 different bills that total combined were less than like $2,000 a month. So, I mean, we're not yeah. talking about a lot of them, right? But they're yeah. just little parasitic things. And I remember my wife one time saying like, about six months in, like, I did the bills today and I was sitting there thinking, there's got to be something else we got to pay. And she's like, I went through my checklist, yeah. I looked and it was all good and blah, blah. And she was saying like, man, I feel really good. And it was like understanding and having that control of the, the picture of everything instead of feeling out of control by having so many things you got to pay for, so many things you got to remember. This one goes out on the 18th and that one's the 12th and that one's the yeah. first. And, and here we had reduced it down to only, sounds ridiculous, only 12 bills, but it was like so much control, so much relaxation could occur because we now understood kind of what we we're looking at. You know? And it, it's true with your finances. This is why, and, and listen, I, my nature is a fly by the seat of your pants guy. Like when I was in chiropractic college, I had a, we had a lab dye test at Logan um, with uh, this, this um, clinician that was not, he wasn't a very good teacher and he was kind of known for raking you over the coals. And he chewed me out like two weeks before the midterm telling me that I was going to fail the class and blah, blah, blah. And I needed to study. And he was right. I hadn't paid any attention, but I was thinking to myself, dude, if I start studying now, I'm 13 days ahead of schedule because <laughs> my nature is I'm a last minute fly by the seat of your pants. I'll figure it out because I've been, I've been kind of blessed with, with enough giftings and areas that I kind of, yeah, I make it work. Like mm -hmm. uh, it'll be fine. The problem is when you get into business, it's not a way to run a business. And so things that are not my nature like making plans, scheduling things, budgets, stuff that sounds restrictive on the outside. Yeah. What you have to realize is those are the guardrails that are going to allow you to excel and race and just blow the doors off your potential. You have to have guardrails. You, the, the human mind, the human, like you were not meant to go through life without guardrails because it just causes a problem. Have you ever seen that study where they, they, I can't remember where it was, it was like in Texas or something, they put down this new highway and they, like University of Texas did some research and they let people drive this three mile stretch and they measured their average speed. So it was a three mile stretch 
and they had not painted any lines. So it was just a sea of black, right? Yeah. And the average yeah. speed was like 37 miles an hour, or was, sorry, it was like 50. Then if you put a second car within your view, it dropped down to like 35, essentially, because you just know where they were going to go. They put lines on it, and all of a sudden, this average speed goes like 70, yeah. right? Like, people are like, oh, I, yep. I leave. And you're thinking, there isn't, that paint on the ground is not going to stop that SUV from T-boning me. It doesn't do anything except psychologically, it allows us, like you're saying, to run faster, you know, to go faster and operate when we, ha- when we know what the steps are. We know what the recipe is. When you lay out your week and you know, like, I'm doing podcasts on this day. I'm writing a blog on that day. I'm seeing patients during this time. I'm doing new patients here. And, and listen, what, what rigidity looks like to one person is going to be different to another. So, so one person may be like, they may have their whole day planned to, a, to the minute. I don't do that. Like, so for me, because of my nature is over here to plan nothing. Uh, my daughter, Jess, I told you it was her birthday today. She, uh, uh, she texted me and was like, don't plan anything. Cause she's with her mom most of the time. She's like, don't plan anything. Uh, when I'm there next, so she's going to be here next weekend. She's like, don't plan or coming up. She's like, don't plan anything because she doesn't know what her practice schedule is going to be like and whatever. And she didn't want to plan anything. And I was like, uh, kiddo, it's not the day before you show up. So I haven't planned anything. <laughs> like, have you met me you coming today? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, why are you telling me this a week out? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, are you kidding? And, and so it, that looks different from person to person. One mm-hmm. person is going to be like to the minute planned out. Another person is going to have just block times, but you have to have some structure. And, and I saw a similar conceptually similar study where they were observing children mm-hmm. and they gave them a, a, they put them on a playground uh, without a fence and they observed them and the kids were uh, much more inactive. They stayed really close to the playground. Uh, they were just kind of doing less. And then when they put them on a playground with a fence, then they roamed throughout the whole area. They went away from the playground. They were more active same kind of idea as you're defining mm-hmm. this, the, the parameters of what you're doing and it frees you up. And it's so those things aren't sexy. Like those things aren't, they don't, like we talked about before, they don't say, they don't sell the seminars, they don't sell the books, but those are the things that are going to give you the opportunity to make the impact that you want to make within your community. And they're universally true, no matter what philosophical type of practice you have, no matter what kind of services or products that you're offering or hours that you're open, they're all, this is universally true stuff. Are you interested in becoming a better provider for musculoskeletal conditions? Well, if you know me, you might've seen me out on the road, but I totally believe in, I love, I adore the SFMA, the Selective Functional Movement Assessment. It is a fantastic way of assessing the movement-based dysfunctions in your patients. Now, why movement? Because movement has to do with motor control, and that's usually the first sign that pain is going to develop. And it's a better, more reliable method than assessing pain. So if you're interested in using a movement-based diagnostic system as part of your intake protocol, I would highly recommend the SFMA. Plus, they've got the best instructors. I'm one of them. So I make it fun. I'm easy to listen to. And well, I don't know about that, but I enjoy teaching it. And it's a fantastic course. I recommend it. So check out functionalmovement.com and look for an SFMA course near you. Functionalmovement.com. Look for an SFMA level one coming to your area. Hope to see you there. It's funny that we, we resist that structure sometimes, you know, like uh, we resist it, but then it allows you to operate so much faster, you know, it does. Like just, I mean, everybody 
it's like a standard business move to set your office hours, you know, but just know that that's when it is. And then, you know, what time you can meet your friends afterwards. It's not a big deal, but that's, that's a set of structure. Like, uh, there's a, uh, chiropractic consultant that talks about like just doing open, open hour or yeah. like kind of an open door, come in when you want. And I talked to somebody who was running that and they're like, yeah, it was really stressful. Like, you don't know if one hour you're going to have nobody and the next hour you're going to have 20. Yeah. And I was like, really? You just forget that appointments are, are a form of structure that both parties kind of like, like, I know I'm going to see Jerry at 2.15 and yeah. And I think it's right. Really, I know it's blocked out at 2.15. It's really important also that, and this, this is kind of, this wasn't something I was thinking of, but it, it kind of is a good lead into it where it's like, you do have to learn, you have to take the responsibility of being a business owner. But the other thing that chiropractors have to take the responsibility of is being a leader because you are in a leadership role. Like you, you are, you're in a leadership role and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a parent child relationship, you know, mm-hmm. that with your patients, but you are in a leadership role where, you know, with your staff, with your patients, where you need to set the parameters for them. Like you have to let them know, like so many chiropractors, they don't have a method to their madness. They hire a staff person and they're like, oh, I'm having staff problem. It's like, you haven't like, my very first job as a Burger King, uh, they did not hire me and then just allow me to free range. Uh, they hired me. Day, you want to put fries <laughs> in the cash register, whatever you want. They, they brought me, oh, yeah, do whatever you want. You know, yeah. you seem like a smart guy. You can figure it out. Yeah. And, and so they brought me over to the, to the little broiler and they were like, you know, uh, meat in the top, bun in the bottom. Like they did not ask me to be creative. Mm-hmm. They just told me how to do my job. And I did my job. And you know what they had? How many problems they had with me? None. Like no problems because I knew how to do my job. Mm-hmm. And chiropractors don't realize, and this is the analogy I use a lot with small business owners, um, is that when you have a job, it's like someone giving you a, a, a paint by numbers picture. Here's the picture. Here are the crayons. Here are the numbers. Paint it. They're not asking you to be creative. They're just saying, do this thing that we want you to do. Now, some jobs, they'll give you the picture, they'll give you the crayons and they're like, eh, do it, you know, paint it however color you want, but we want it painted. This picture, here it is. So there's maybe a little bit of flexibility and freedom there. When you own your own business, it's like someone giving you a blank piece of paper and some crayons and then being like, here you go, paint your picture. And be like, what picture? And be like, eh, whatever you want. And they don't realize that their first job as a small business owner is to draw the picture. Like they have to do that because it doesn't just magically show up on the piece of paper. They, they have to define whatever they want their practice to be. And they have to add it. Obviously you start with the big stuff and then start with, do some more outlines and more details. And maybe when you're 10 years into practice, there's a lot more detail than there was when you first got started. But th- the process is you've got to define it, but don't hire someone and give them a blank piece of paper and be like, yeah, do your job, do the best you can and expect to not have problems. By the time or be frustrated when they draw, you know, a a beach scene when you thought it was going to be a forest. It's like, yeah, you you gave blank paper, dude. If you if you want them to do a particular job, you have to know what that job is. And this is just basic. And this is not uniquely a chiropractic problem. This is a small business problem where Mm. that the um, the Michael Gerber wrote the email talks about the entrepreneurial seizure. Like, like small business owners have this entrepreneurial seizure. They say to themselves, like, I could do a better job than my owner. And then they start their own business and realize that, that everything that was done before them is not done for you 
mm-hmm. in advance. And so now you have to be like, wait a second, where do I get paperwork? Where do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right. Nothing's defined for them. And it is the burden. Why am I getting so many smart. rejections on my insurance billing? I didn't know that Aetna wouldn't yeah. accept those codes. How would yeah. anybody know that? And they have no idea what they're doing. They've never put structure to it. They've never put an outline to it. And then they just complain about how it's going. Mm. And you are in a leadership position. So if your patients aren't showing up on time, if your patients aren't paying you the right amount at the right time or the right way, like those problems, most of them are a leadership problem. Now there are people that have character issues, but most of the time the issue is you have not clearly laid out the boundaries and borders of the relationship mm-hmm. and they are just doing they're free ranging and they shouldn't be it's funny when you talk about that uh the burger king job you had a, a friend of mine owned uh like seven canes chickens i don't know if you've ever been to canes but it's like yeah 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 they have five ingredients it's like chicken fries bread coleslaw sauce that's the five and then you have lemonade and fountain drinks that's it yeah. that's all i got right and, uh, and he was saying that he does a lot of business consulting and I'm like, what do you think your specialty is? And he's like, oh, I guarantee it's, it's simplifying the path. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like, you need to get it down to like the, 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 the path you want your employees to follow down exactly. And you'll be shocked at how good it goes. And he go, I go like, why do you say that? And he goes, look, as a percentage, 91% of my employees are 17 years old or younger. And he's yeah. like, and I would venture to think I've got a higher profit margin. We're in this like business meeting. And he's like, than most of the people in this room. And that only comes when you've reduced it down to the simplest path. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I say, so when you do consulting, what do you find? He goes, most people tell me about step 100 and they think that's where they need to start. Yeah. He's like, I need to drag you back to, to one. Well, I, I typically will tell chiropractors when they're like, I don't know what I should do. I don't know where to start. And they're like, here's, here's where you start. Let's imagine that you weren't going to be there tomorrow and somebody else had to take your place. Let's imagine that your CA who answers the phone or whatever, whoever that person is, let's imagine that person has been there for 13 years that you have no idea what they actually do. Let's, let's imagine that they aren't going to be there tomorrow and you have to have you have to give someone a piece of paper that tells them what you want them to do. I was like, so the bare bones thing that's going to be like the stuff that you could put on that paper that they're like, let's, let's assume this is a crash course sort of situation. Like what are the initial most important things you're going to put down? Cause that's what you're going to do. You're going to put like, like you're not going to worry about step 100 when it's like, Holy crap, I got someone coming in tomorrow and they have no idea what they're doing. You're going to start with really basic stuff. But what should eventually happen is you should be able to have enough information detailed as far as like how you run your business that if you weren't there on a particular day or you decided to open up another practice and you weren't going to be there, that someone knows what the heck you do and, and they can actually do it. And most chiropractors, it's, it's, it's in their head. If it's anywhere, if, I mean, it might be in their head. And even a lot of times they don't have a method to their madness. And it's just, it just creates that constant stress and not only is the stress there, but it is an environment where it's going to be impossible to actually make a good living, which is what people want to do. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much you've got to reduce it down to the money-making activities, you know? Like, yeah, I remember I was at a practice, a friend of mine ran, and he had a heck of a practice. And I remember, like, I was meeting him. So we had coffee, we walk into his practice, and, like, he's in the wine country of, of California. 
And uh, I walk in and, and he's got two employees there already. And they have like laminated sheets and they're checking stuff off of the dry erase marker. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are they doing? He's like, oh, we have our opening sheets and then our closing sheets. And yeah, I mean, like he showed me his little file he had of like, and it, this is like super easy, print out stuff, printing out a Google doc and laminating it, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, this place runs like a well-oiled machine. So it's not difficult. It's just getting into that habit of exercise and eating right, you know, just every day. That's all you got to do. I actually fell into it. Like it wasn't my thought. So I'm not as, as the smartest person all the time. And my, how I fell into that was I hired a lady. Um, I'd probably been in practice for like less than six months and I'd hired someone right away and it just didn't work out. This lady comes in and she was, she's retired. It's old enough to be my mom. She was, um, retired from like the phone company had done, uh, had been in a supervisor position, was just looking for a job that makes some extra money. She didn't want to sit around at home and she just wanted a job that she liked. Like that was, you know, so it was, it, it worked out really perfect, but she's been in a leadership position. She's been in a supervisor position before. And so her mindset was a little bit different than like somebody else that might be kind of the lowest person on the rung, you know, the 17 year olds you're talking mm-hmm. about. And so when she ever asked me for help or how to do something or whatever, she would always pull out this little notepad and she would take notes. And so she started creating this notepad of all this different stuff. And if she ever had an issue, she would reference her notebook. And, and if she couldn't find it in the notebook, then she would bu- you know, bug me. And I was like watching her do this. And it literally took a, a longer than it should have to have that light bulb moment of like, why aren't we doing this with everything? Because... This person never, I mean, rarely bugs me. And when it does, like, I'm not having the same conversation five times, six times with this person because she's writing this stuff down. And if she's not sure what I want her to do, she goes and looks at the book, like the manual, the way we do it. And so that's something now that I talk to my dogs about. And I'm like, you got to create an operations manual. You got to create a, like, if you want them to do it every day when they get there, write it down. If you want to do it every Friday, if you want to, like whatever it is, whatever the plan is, you got to write it down. It has to become a thing. And it doesn't have to be perfect because you're going to find a better way. And when you find a better way, you change it in the manual and that becomes the new way of doing it. But you got to start somewhere. It's just like that blank picture we talked about. Like maybe you start with a circle and that's the only thing mm-hmm. you know to draw. It's like, well, it's a circle. It's kind of lame and it's not really, doesn't really look like much it's better than a blank piece of paper. Yeah. And so what are the things you know you want to have done and how you want them done and write it down. People will do it. It's like your staff for the most part does what you have them to do. Like it's, it, yeah. you know, but if you just let them free range, who that, knows that's what, what you're going to do. Like, you know, they want the, people inherently most of the time want the protocols and procedures too. They, most people do not, most people who take on an hourly job, do not want to have to create structure. They're willing yeah. to trade out the structure of hourly work for a structured work environment. And if you're like, no, no, be creative. That's called commission. <laughs> That's called owning your own. That's called, you know, like you got to match that person with the right setup. So, well, Jerry, if people want to kind of work with you and find out more about this, uh, you got your podcast, right? The Rocket Cairo podcast. Yep. I was listening to a, a episode the other day. And, uh, I, I did appreciate that you kept it short and succinct, not like my, me rambling on, but um, <laughs> I did enjoy that. And I thought it was some good information. You talking the other day about reputation management, you're talking about some other, uh, some other aspects of chiropractic business, but where can they get the, 
you know, the real Jerry? Where can they get the, they want to well, work, work with you? If they want to work with me, um, really at this point, I've had like one-on-one coaching clients and stuff in the past. I, I haven't been taking any um, for a little while now. I have some that are kind of holdovers. Um, typically, what I would tell people to do is, is to go to Rocket Cairo and check out Next Step. Um, Next Step's just a membership. It's, it's kind of a group coaching situation. Um, it, it basically, you get all these uh, trainings and then you have the ability to kind of pick my brain whenever you need to. Um, there's not some sort of scheduled kind of rigidity to it. It's just one of those like, hey, when you need help, ask. And if you don't need help, don't ask and I won't bug you. <laughs> and so it's, um, it works out really good um, for, for a lot of chiropractors that, that want help, but they don't want the cost or the rigidity of, of what a lot of practice management has, has to offer. You got to show so, up to our sales meeting every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. If you're not yeah. there, you're not working. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, it's a really, really awesome thing. It's, it's a month to month thing. So it's like, if someone does it for a couple months and they just want to learn about, um, you know, how to improve their website and how to, you know, if they want to take on the challenge of doing their own SEO and stuff, like there's more stuff than you would even care to know about uh, particular topics. And I try to keep it simple and try to keep it digestible because I know that I, the stuff that I get excited about nerd out on is not the stuff. Most chiropractors just want to be chiropractors. So it's like, okay, what's the the basic stuff you need to understand and what are the concepts that you need to get. But that's a good place to start. I, I just, again, like last week, you're talking about the reputation management. Um, I just started doing some reputation management through a different, um, like different brand. I put some information on Rocket Cairo because if, if, if chiropractors want to uh, do some reputation management, I would be happy to do it for them. I just don't do it under the Rocket Cairo brand because I work with other businesses and it's not just a chiropractic thing. So. But there's information mean, on there too. You mean other businesses have deal with the same struggles that chiropractors do? <laughs> I don't do business co- at the moment. I don't do cons- business consulting the same way that I do with chiropractors. But I do reputation management uh, with other businesses that are not not chiropractors, just helping them get more reviews and and uh, just open up the lines of communication between them and their their customers. I mean that's that's really reputation at its finest is when a company becomes known that they are a customer centered company. Yeah. Um, and that, that's really what, and especially what we talked about originally, it's like chiropractic is so relational by nature. You want that to be your reputation. So if, if I don't know that there's much marketing that is more relational than reputation management, like trying to genuinely listen to your people, genuinely looking for feedback, responding to people, you know, getting more reviews, like that is an incredibly relational marketing tactic for a local business. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, I we, think every we talk more should. because I, I've gone down the same path and you know, I, like the biggest, if you were to pull one lever in a practice, uh, especially when I've seen pra- successful practices, try and add a new service, AKA add in this fitness component, yep. the regular effective and efficient communication is the one thing that allows that to happen or will tank it. Like, you can offer, you can start offering massage five days a week, but if you're not communicating that fact, the uptake is so slow that you'll run out of cash before your, your massage therapist is ever booked. I got a buddy of mine lo- here locally that has a, a gym and he's, he's 
of the picture of like how not to run a gym in terms of marketing. Like he's just, he, he knows gyms. He, I mean, he knows how to work out. Mm-hmm. He knows how to do training. Like he knows a all the gym good, stuff. He owns a lot of good tank tops. Yes. <laughs> but he's, he's just absolutely terrible at business and marketing. And I was kind of helping him with some of his stuff. And one of the things that we did, this was a couple of years ago that he's like, he wants to do this. He wants to do this. He wants to change this. He wants to change that. And I was like, what do your people want? And he was like, like, well, they want, and he's just making all these assumptions. And so one of the things that we did was we just put out this table that's had like three questions on it. It was like, what's your favorite thing about the gym? What's your least favorite thing about the gym? And what would you like to see different in the future? And it was three questions. We put together these like supplement pack things, one for men, one for women. It was like, we'll do a drawing at the end of the month. We just really want your feedback. And the, the amount of just incredible quality information that we got by just asking. And I tell chiropractors that, I'm like, why are you guessing? What, what is the fear of asking people what they think? And even reviews, like, like asking people for feedback. And there's this fear of like, if I start asking everybody, somebody may say something negative. Yeah. And you may find out that you have a blind spot and then you can fix it. But if nobody ever tells you that you're doing something wrong, you're not going to fix it. The echo chamber is not your friend. And so if, and if you find out that like all of a sudden now I ask everybody for feedback and now I got a 2.5 rating on Google, you run a crappy business and you got to fix that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a new thing. That 2.5 rating no, has been ruined for no, years. No, you suck. Like you have sucked for a while now. <laughs> it's time to change it, but it's, be, it's better it's to find be out. It's going to be the title of this podcast. You yeah, suck you, with Jerry you Kennedy. <laughs> and you've sucked for a while. Yeah, you've sucked for a while. <laughs> the working title of my new book. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jerry, uh, so the website is Rocket Cairo? RocketCairo.com, yep. Awesome. All right, well, I really appreciate the time today. And and I think if people can look back on what we talked about and going after those foundational components, building some structure, man, it makes everything so much easier and operates so much faster. So I do appreciate it. And I hope people check out your website. So on behalf of Jerry Kennedy, this is Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Hey, thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients. 